Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The life of the prophet is sometimes difficult. If you don't like the message, kill the messenger. Jeremiah knew this. The other prophets knew it too. And Jesus was the prophet par excellence. He was the sum and total of every prophecy, every prophet, yes, even the sum total of the nation of Israel. And he loved his people. The people who would kill him, the people who would stone the prophets and kill those sent to them, he loved them. Hear how he longed for them. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. Hear also the love of the prophet Jeremiah sent for his people, willing to go even to death to make sure that the proclamation of the Word of God was pure and true and direct, even under threat. Hear the words of St. Paul as he appealed to the Philippians, even with tears, that they would see clearly the reality that there are some who walk as enemies of God, to flee from them. He would pray. He would long for them. He would reach for them. And Jesus, Jesus proclaims clearly, Jerusalem, your house, it's forsaken. This is what Jeremiah had prophesied. But Jesus says, that's not going to be the end. I will go to Jerusalem. I will go this day, the next, and on the third day, I will go as it has been written of me. You'll see me when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You'll see me then. He points toward Palm Sunday. He points toward his death, their atonement, your forgiveness. He says, you'll see me when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so in a few weeks' time, We will hear them cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, as they welcome Jesus as a king and on Friday kill him as a criminal. We will welcome Jesus today. We will welcome him into our midst as he comes in word and sacrament. And just before, just before the Lord's Supper, we will sing, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord for truly He is here. There are times in our lives when God can feel, to us at least, that He is quite far from us. When your life feels uncertain, your health, your job, your debt, temptations that press on you strongly, if only, if only God would send a prophet, perhaps even, to tell us that everything is going to be alright. Tell us what we want to hear. If only God would send the messenger to speak peace into our times of turmoil, or if only we had the advantage that the disciples had. They walked with Him. They beheld Him face to face, sit at His feet and hear peace from His own lips. But what if the message of God's Word of law and gospel cuts us to the heart? The messengers of God, even God Himself, His direct words, are not met with cheers and welcome hearing of their message. 
Jerusalem had quite a reputation. The city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. Do you think the Chambers of Commerce, Chamber of Commerce put that on the sign as they were coming into town? Welcome to Jerusalem where prophets come to die. It would be arrogant for us to believe that we could escape the temptation. Sometimes we would kill the messenger when he comes bearing a message of repentance, calling us to repentance for the sins that, quite frankly, we enjoy, or that we've justified in our minds, or that we've just gotten so used to, we just don't want to hear about it. God's Word, when it is read and preached, is a message of law and gospel, a two-edged sword that kills and makes alive. It crushes and it builds up. Faith comes by hearing the Word of Christ, and the hearing of God's Word brings two responses in us, either rebellion or faith. The people who heard Jeremiah proclaim God's Word rebelled. His proclamation against their sin was spot on. It was from God Himself. They were spiritually sick, morally depraved. God hadn't given up on them, so He sent a prophet with that message. That was a loving thing to do. An unloving thing to do would be God to have withdrawn His Word from them and ignored them. God didn't give up on them, so Jeremiah went to this stubborn and hard-hearted people so that they would repent and be gathered beneath his wings as he longed to do. But they rebelled. Those prophets, the, the, the priests of that time said, he deserves to die because he has prophesied against this great city. Fortunately, faith does prevail in Jeremiah's case, though later he would die. Tisk tisk on them, right? Boy, they really got it wrong. We wouldn't act like that if a prophet came among us. We'd embrace it, ever hold fast to that word. We'd take that to heart. Or would we? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The truth be told, when we hear God's word, our sinful nature would very much like to rebel against it. And the messenger be warned whether it's the nation of Israel turning on Jeremiah, an unbeliever continuing to reject God's truth. We hear time and time again of congregations turning on their pastors or a member lashing out as he is warned from God's Word to repent, to come back to the faith. You see, when we are caught in our sin, especially the sins that we hold so close, we are, capable, we are each capable of all manner of rebellion. So acknowledge that. Repent of that. Embrace that reality of our sinful nature and confess that we are capable of any sin. That we are guilty of all God's law. Embrace it and repent of it. Turn back from sin. For God will gather you under His wings and keep you safe in the day of trouble. On Ash Wednesday, we prayed, O God, You desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that they would turn from their wickedness and live. This is the heart of God. We believe the words of Jesus, that He longs to gather His people together like a hen gathers her chicks. We believe that God loves me and you and all people. We believe that God never gives up on anyone. 
that Jesus has come to die and pay the price for the sins of the whole world. Not just a few, not just a pick-and-choose choice, but everyone. It means He died for you. Jesus will go on His way today and tomorrow and on the third day because He has to go to Jerusalem because He has to save you. His love for you will not turn Him away from the death that He will die in your place. He will go as all the prophets had gone because He is going to quench the fire of God's wrath for your sin. And no one else can pay it. He goes there to pay the wages of sin with His death. He's going to to the holy city to make it holy once again. He goes to Jerusalem to make it a heavenly home for us. Knowing He will die like the prophets who came before Him, He goes to come and die that you and I would be gathered under the wings of Jesus. Nestled close, safe, and secure. That is the love of God for you. Nothing turning Him away from your salvation. His love for you and for me and for our neighbors, for people we don't know, for those whom we do, every man, woman, and child who is living, ever lived, or ever will live, His love for His children is the love of a mothering hen gathering her children close to her. It's this love we see in the life of Jesus. Whenever He has encountered sin, what has He done with it? He's reversed it. He's attacked it. He's set people free from it. He drives out the demons. He heals the leprosy. He performs the cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, He will finish His course. For death will be defeated and He will rise victorious. He marches to Jerusalem to accomplish His exodus that He spoke of in the transfiguration. He goes on today and tomorrow And when he reaches his destination to that royal city of the King David, he will be crowned. He will be crowned king and conqueror over sin and death with thorns and with a cross. He will win. Jesus points us directly to Holy Week in his words. You'll see me when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the chorus that ushers in Palm Sunday, the inauguration of Jesus' week of passion. And as we approach Holy Week this year, we draw near Jesus' destination with Him. This week and next week and the week after. This is the fullness of God's salvation when Jesus will reach the goal of His death, resurrection, and ascension. He'll go to death so that you never will. You will die in this life and live eternally with Him. So in that hour when God feels distant from you, if you wonder if God would have a word for you, when you're tempted to look for God somewhere other than His word and sacraments, in those times, He sends us concrete knowledge, a proclamation, Scripture, preaching, word, and sacrament. For the word of the Lord is in your hands. The Word of the Lord is near to you to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest so that we can embrace and ever hold fast hope of everlasting life. The message comes to you through called and ordained servants, 
through brothers and sisters in Christ, through God's Word, through devotionals, through messages of peace. Our prayer of faith is that when we hear it, we would dikata the heart, that we would embrace the faith that creates repentance and rejoice that God hasn't left us alone. He has given His Word to us, a Word that leads us to repentance and a Word that covers us in forgiveness. Today we're permitted a glimpse into the heart of God as He laments over Jerusalem, even those who had rejected Him again and again. Thanks be to God, that means He still pines and longs over me, over every sinner. Jesus proclaims His desire to gather His people under His wings like a hen and her children. What a great image of love. An image of protection. An image of nurturing. And what do those little hens do? They slip out from under this wing. They slip out under that wing. You try to chase them down. And, but when the fear comes, when a threat is there, where do they immediately go? Back to mom. Under her wings. Safe. This is an image of how close our Lord brings you to Himself. He gathers you under His wings, beneath His arms that are outstretched upon the cross. There you can see the perfect love of God. And here and now you encounter this love in word, in sacrament, and you receive Jesus' victory. He laments sin. He laments the rejection that is experienced in Jerusalem. He's sorrowful over sin and rebellion. He mourns all sin, its effects, how it tries and how it tempts you. He cries over it. He weeps over it, but He will not stand by and leave you to it. He tucks us in against the storm. He goes to the cross. He bears the brunt Himself and rises victorious on the third day. And so you win it. You have forgiveness, life, and salvation. You emerge unscathed from beneath the wings to have the sun of the bliss of heaven shine on your face. You are renewed. You are forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.